Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Amen. I'm going to just share a short word of just a... Uh, uh, to build us up with this morning and uh, to continue just stirring, as we said, just the, the Spirit of God inside us. Because uh, if, you, if you're born again, you've got the Spirit of God inside of you. And that Spirit inside of you wants to do something. Amen. Imagine that. The Spirit of God inside of you wants to come out. He wants to do something. He wants to be manifest through your life. And that's, that's something that shouldn't be a burden for us. That's something that shouldn't be like a, oh man, like, why me? Uh, if, if you're asking that question, I'm like, oh man, why me? Then you don't understand the love of God. And I want to pray and I, I want to speak forth that you get to, uh, or that you come to know the, the intensity of God's love for you. Because if you come to know the intensity of God's love for you, you'll be that person who says, like, praise God. Praise God that I get to touch my neighbor with the love of Christ. Praise God that I get to share with my colleague who's going through depression the love of Jesus for them and so that they don't need to be depressed because of what Jesus came to do for them. They don't need to be tormented by what's happening in the world because of the Spirit of God inside of them and the hope that we've got. Amen? Thanks, Anu. That's awesome. And uh, that just, uh, I'm glad she, uh, she stirred that. Um, that's good. Uh, we can learn from the children, right? Amen. Uh, and uh, for, for the youngsters in the room, it's obviously Anouk and Matthias. Simeon is also classified a youngster. All of us are youngsters, right? It's a relative term. Um, and, uh, but just really got like had a stirring on my heart um, that all of us have got some, some young, young people in our lives. Whether it's your children, whether it's a sibling, whether it's a, a, a nephew or niece, Man, don't, don't take for granted the opportunity to, that you have to raise the next generation, to speak into the next generation, to make them come to know the love of Christ. Because I think most of us in this room came to know the love of Christ and the grace of God at, a, at an older age, right? And so like they, what we've, what we've come to see and to understand and the love that we've encountered, man, we can... Start helping them from a young age come to experience the love of Christ, the grace of God, and the Spirit of God in every believer. It doesn't matter how young or how old. And so I want to encourage you guys, be mindful of those youngsters, the young people that you've got around you in your life, that you have the privilege and the responsibility to speak forth into their lives and to raise them up, to lift them up into the things that God has got for them. Romans 1 verse 5 to 6 says, through Him a joy-producing grace cascades into us, empowering us with the gift of apostleship so that we can win people from every nation into a faithful commitment to Jesus, to bring honor to His name, and you are among the chosen ones who receive the call to belong to Jesus, the Anointed One. Man, this is who we are. This is who we are and what we were born for. We were born for a time like this. The church of God, it's an exciting time, the children of God, to be alive right now because we are chosen for this time. And we get to win people over from every nation. Not for the sake of winning them as in, I'm winning and you losing. Man, when I'm winning, they're winning. When they come to know Jesus, it's a win-win. Right? 
I love the song that we sang, and um, as we sang it, uh, every, every knee will bow. And oftentimes we kind of get this picture of like God is going to suppress them into bowing their knee. Maybe oftentimes our evangelism efforts be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show them they're wrong and I'm right. And man, maybe you've been there and you've just horribly failed at that uh, encounter where it's just like a debate and it gets into right and wrong. That's not the heart of God. It's not about right and wrong. It's about life. And we get to bring life. We get to bring life and light into this current situation in the country that the country is facing. But we need to realize, it's so important, that we are chosen. We are the chosen ones. There's a joy-producing grace that has been cascaded into us. The Holy Spirit inside of you is full of joy. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. How much joy are you experiencing in your life currently? Maybe you're not experiencing a lot of joy. You don't have a lack of joy inside of you. You just need to start uh, uh, unleashing what is inside of you. Start activating what is inside of you. It's like ESCOM, right? It's like ESCOM, but totally different to ESCOM. ESCOM, there's a, there's a, there's a power supply. Sometimes the, 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 the flow is cut off. We call it load shedding in South Africa. But with the Spirit of God, the flow is never cut off. The, 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 the source, or we, we, we determine that flow. Every believer, because you've got free will. You've got free will, so you determine the flow of that source in your life. But the source is there. And it's not chutney or tomato sauce. <laughs> I always, I can't like, I can't not, not go there. <laughs> the source is always there. The, 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 you, you fall to the brim, complete in Christ, overflowing. But let's release that. And that's why we get together at meet, this meeting. One of the, the purpose of this meeting and the words that came forth, it's an it's a awakening. There needs to be awakening in the church. We're praying for awakening. For the church. We're not praying for God to wake up. We're not praying for God to move. We're praying for the church to wake up and realize what is our move. What is our next steps? We've got all we need to accomplish what we need to accomplish in this time, in this country. We aren't called to play church, guys. The gospel isn't a gospel of self-centeredness. It's not a gospel of at least I'm going to heaven. Like I told the guys... Um, uh, one of the, the, the groups that we're on with the, just uh, some of our leaders. It's going to be an encouraging word, but it's also going to be a challenging word. So if you came this morning, and uh, I think uh, we've got the online guys as well, the word is going to be encouraging as to like there's a hope for us and it's going to be a word of settling your heart at peace. But at the same time, linked to that, it's going to be a challenging word because if you start seeing and realizing the part that you get to play, that is linked to the peace you're going to experience. Because if you're just playing Christianity and kind of going about your own life, there's a lot to start being fearful about. When you don't realize that you've got a part to play in God's rescue plan and that you get to step out with a backing, with an empowering, with a knowing that, man, my life is about so much more than just getting a paycheck. My life is about so much more than just kind of having a nice home, a nice car. Your nice home can get burned by riots. Your nice car can get stolen by people. But there's one thing that no man can take away from you. It's the that you have in Christ and the voice that you have to minister the gospel of peace and to have signs and wonders following your witnessing. Some of you are excited about it. Some of you are challenged by it. It's good to be challenged, right? Challenge ushers in growth. And we want to grow. We want to mature. 
or at least I want to grow, I want to mature into everything that God's got for me. Hopefully some of you too. We need to realize that what's happening in our country, it didn't catch God of God. He didn't miss something in what's happening in the country. He's not caught of God by by what's happening. We need to realize that God already provided for us what we need to be the light of the world, to be the salt in this world. And that answers Jesus. We've got what we need. You've been called to the big league. No more bench warming. Each one of you. It doesn't matter what your personality is. Too often we're like, oh, I'm, I'm an introvert. Like, I feel called to just put money in the bucket. Man, it's awesome. We, 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 do, we do appreciate money because money enables us to go forward. Money enables us to actually have this, this meeting, this building this morning. Money enables us to feed the hungry and uh, take care of our family as the Bible encourages us. So money is an awesome tool. It's enabling. But man, money isn't going to usher someone into the kingdom of God. You have a lot of rich people with a lot of money in this world that don't need the church. The, church, the, the gospel isn't the gospel of prosperity. Prosperity has never saved anyone. The gospel, hearing the gospel, Romans 10, you need to hear the gospel and respond to the gospel. That is salvation. Receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every one of us have been invited to this big league. As we just said, uh, saw in Romans 1, 5-6, we've received an empowering with the gift of apostleship so that we can win people from every nation into a faithful commitment to Jesus. That's our commission. Galatians 6, 15-16 says, Circumcision doesn't mean anything to me. The only thing that really matters, highlight in your Bible, this is the Passion Translation, the only thing that really matters is living by the transforming power of this wonderful new creation life. That's awesome. There's a transformation power of this new life. The, 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 the gospel of salvation isn't just a message of like, I've been forgiven of my sins and now I've got relationship with God. No, you've been forgiven of your sins. You've received the new spirit of God Almighty living inside of you intended to bring transformation to your life, how you think and how you act. Like Shane shared in that that message, there's too many Christians in this world living by the limited understanding that at least I'm going to heaven one day. At least I'm forgiven. Why are you forgiven? Why have you received an all-powerful, dunamis power, Acts 1 verse 8, why have you received the Spirit that is all-powerful, dunamis ability to work signs, wonders, and miracles? Why have you received that empowering just so that you can go to heaven one day? Ever thought about that? It's good to think about things, right? Some of you, some of you are sitting there with like very uh, blunt faces. <laughs> Man, it's good to think about the Word. It's good to think about why did God send the all-powerful, mighty Spirit, but then I'm just kind of living for heaven one day. At least one day I'm going to heaven. No, there's a purpose for you. Acts 1 verse 8, so that you can be my witnesses. That witnessing is not just kind of being a nice person. It's a witness of something great. We see this. Let's go there quickly. Well, it's not just yet. We'll get there in a moment. I don't want to jump ahead. We need to ask ourselves, are we allowing the Word of God and His Spirit to bring transformation to our way of thinking and doing? Are we allowing the Word of God and the Spirit of God to bring transformation in our thinking and what we're doing? 
Because the Word of God and the Spirit of God is not just, like I said, intended for you to have a ticket to go to heaven one day. It's for you to experience a transformation in your life, in your relationships, and receive an empowering like Peter, coward before he received the Spirit of God, denying Jesus three times, received the Spirit of God, and then with boldness and confidence, minister Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to die for the world so that we can live through Him. That is the type of life, the type of transformation that God intended for us to experience. No timidity, no cowardness, but a boldness. Not in yourself, not in what you can do, but a boldness and a confidence in what Jesus has done for you and how you can use that to touch other people's lives and impact them for all of eternity. I'm going to leave a legacy behind, guys. I don't know about you. I want to impact my generation. And the only thing that I can do, the only thing that I need to do is allow God to love me and His love to flow through me. And it starts with one person. Don't try and reach the president. Like if you've got a, if, you've, if you know Uncle Cyril, then that's awesome. Pray for him and reach him. But start where you are at. Because oftentimes we want to kind of, one day, if, if, I'll, I'll, I'll share the gospel when, when, when I meet the president. That's kind of my commission. That's like, and then what are you doing up until that moment? Nothing. Let's stop doing nothing and start doing something with what we have and the people that are around us. Because every person, it doesn't matter how rich or poor, it doesn't matter how much influence or how little influence they have, every person matters to God. Luke 10 verse 1-2 to says, Now after this the Lord chose and appointed 70 others and sent them out ahead of Him, two by two into every town and place where He Himself was about to come. And He said to them, The harvest indeed is abundant, there is much ripe grain, but the farm, la- farm hands are few. Pray therefore the Lord the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And this is awesome. The harvest is ready. The harvest is ripe. The world is in chaos. People are seeking. Since last year when, when COVID hit and lockdown hit, people are looking for an answer. People are looking for hope to hold on to. And the church is that hope because the church have got Jesus Christ living inside of them. Now we need to ask ourselves, are we going to be a partake in this or are we just going to kind of be a, a spectator and hope that someone comes around and reaps the harvest? Imagine every believer had that train of thought. I hope someone else gets to reap this harvest. I'm sure someone else is going to come around to share the gospel with my unsaved neighbor. I'm sure there's someone else who's going to minister the gospel to that colleague of mine. Can't be me, can it? If every believer had that train of thought, there's, a, there's a, um, a science or kind of a phrase go, think about it. If you've got a train of thought and you act on that train of thought, imagine everyone else had that same train of thought. What would be the consequences? I don't know. Maybe uh, you guys don't get what I'm saying. You're going on a camp. You're going away. Okay, it's a big, say it's a church camp. And you're thinking, I'm not going to p- p- uh, pack in a two-point plug because... I'm sure someone else is going to bring one. Get to the camp. No one's got a two-point plug because everyone had that same train of thought. Someone else is going to bring a two-point plug. So let's stop thinking someone else is going to share the gospel with them. Let's stop thinking someone else will come around and share, and share the love of Christ over them. Let's start raising our hands and say, Yeah, I am, Lord. Speak to me. Use me. 
Galatians 6, 9 to 10 says, And don't allow yourselves to be wary or disheartened in planting good seeds. Guys, this is so important for us. That's why community is so important. To encourage one another, to spur one another unto love and good works. To not grow weary in planting good seeds or disheartened. For in due season we will reap the wonderful harvest you've planted that is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters of the family of faith. Are you taking advantage of the opportunities that's around you? There's opportunities in the world currently. And we get to take advantage of those opportunities. As, a, as, a, as the word also says, be, be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. We need to seek and ask for wisdom in these times because there are opportunities. We just need some creativity as to how we can approach them in order to bring the gospel into the situation. Amen? We don't just want to feed people, like I said. Um, this past week I had an opportunity to meet with a, a soup kitchen in Durbanville and they're doing an awesome job because they're not just feeding people but they're drawing them into community, equipping them, but also sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. We want to use the carnal and meet people where they're at, meet their physical needs, but we want to also give them the gospel because without the gospel, there's no transformation. The country needs to hear the gospel. People need to hear the gospel of Christ because that brings in transformation. We talked about Acts 1 verse, verse 8 and there's an empowering and there's a witnessing that comes with this empowering. An awesome example of this also, Stephen, Acts chapter 6 verse 8 says this about um, Stephen. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. The same power, the same dynamis ability that Acts 1 verse 8 talks about. Every believer who received the Spirit of God receives the empowering, a dynamis ability for a purpose, for witnessing. And this witnessing isn't just sharing the gospel with your words, but it's also demonstrating the gospel with signs and wonders following. This is what we see about Peter. He is full of faith and power and did great wonders and miracles among the people. So much so that he got stoned. And we see this account in Acts chapter 7. And some of you are thinking, wow, I'm being persecuted. Acts 7, 55 to 60 from the Amplified Classic. Let's just see quickly what real persecution looks like. But he, full of the Holy Spirit and controlled by him, gazed into heaven and saw the glory, the splendor and majesty of God, and Jesus standing at God's right hand. And he said, look, I see the heavens. This is talking about Stephen. I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at God's right hand. But they raised a great shout. These are the people persecuting him. But they raised a great shout and put their hands over their ears and rushed together upon him. Then they dragged him out of the city and begged, uh, began to stone him. And the witnesses placed their garments at the feet of the young man named Saul. And while they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive and accept and welcome my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out loudly, Lord, fix not the sin upon them. Lay it not to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep in death. That's persecution, guys. But the awesome thing that I want to draw out of this is, that's empowering. To be able to, while people are throwing rocks at you, bricks at you, so much so that they, they got hot, that they had to take their coats off. It wasn't just kind of like a, they had to get their coats off. They need to, needed to release and like open up for some room to get the, like I'm not making light. Stephen is in heaven and he's rejoicing right now, guys, so don't feel sorry for him. 
But what I want us to get and understand that there was empowering, there was a witnessing that Peter's life had, or that Stephen's life had. And the Spirit of God in us is not just about sitting on your seat, receiving a good message on a, on a Sunday or a Saturday or listening to an online teaching and sitting there like, oh, that's nice. Wow, that's nice. Man, and I'm being challenged by this. It's not like, oh, Etienne is such a, like, he's such a role model for us all. Like, he's just going out. <laughs> he's just changing the world one day at a time and one person at a time. Man, I'm also being challenged by my witnessing and me being switched on to the Spirit of God alive inside of me, wanting to touch every person's life with His grace, with His love, with His goodness. And so all of us need to be challenged with this thought of there's an empowering inside of us and that empowering is not just to sit and hear a good message every now and then. That empowering is not just for us to kind of have a better understanding of the Bible. There is, yes, a better understanding. The Holy Spirit will teach us all truth and lead us into truth. But what for? So that we can be transformed. What for? Not just so that you can have a nice relationship with your neighbor. No, so that you can be transformed to the degree where someone asks you, why do you have that hope? Why are you so happy? Why are you never sick? And it's fine to get sick. But there's an empowering in us that we want to have an expectancy. We want to have a different view about what's happening in this world. We want to respond differently to the chaos that's happening in this world than what the world is. Why? Because we've got a hope and we have an answer. There's only one way not to be overwhelmed by what's happening in this world. Isaiah 26.3 Maybe you're experiencing some overwhelming mind. Maybe you're experiencing some, some uh, distress in your heart. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Where is your thoughts fixed on this morning? This past week with things happening. Social media being flooded with bad news. The news being flooded with bad news. Where is your thoughts fixed <laughs> Where is your thoughts fixed on? On a daily basis. What are you meditating on? Because Isaiah prophesied, says, and you will experience perfect peace. All who trust in God and his thoughts are fixed on him. Who fixes your thoughts? Does the Holy Spirit fix your thoughts? Does Etienne fix your thoughts? I get to shape and challenge your thoughts this morning. And usher it into a specific direction. Paint a specific picture for you. But what if Etienne isn't there? What if you're not at church? Then you only have the Holy Spirit, Right? But oftentimes we kind of, we're so busy with life, going from point A to point B. We're so busy with everything else in this world. And everything else in this world is so, speaking such a loud message to us. Fear, anxiety, distress, lack. That it's difficult to hear the Holy Spirit if we're not being purposeful about hearing from Him. It's not that He's withholding from us. It's just that we are so busy with everything else. Distracted with everything else that we, we struggle to, to focus in, to tune in. But He's continually speaking and ministering to us. We need to train ourselves on a regular basis. And it's a practice, it's, it's a discipline to get into the Word, to, to meditate on the love of Christ on a daily basis, to focus on the hope that we've got, to focus on what does the gospel mean for me? How has it changed my life? Has it changed your life? Yes. Can it change someone else's life? Definitely. What are you going to do about it? 
Because they can't receive it if they haven't heard it. We get to be partakers in bringing people, ushering them from the kingdom of darkness into light. It's a privilege for us. Colossians 3 was 1 to 3 also talking about the same picture. If then you have been raised with Christ to new life, sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek those things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as the world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ and God. And this is not talking about avoiding the problems in this world. This is not talking about, hey guys, let's build a bunker and get a few supplies together where we can go and crawl into and avoid what is happening in this world. No, we are called to go out into the world. We are called to be the light in the world. Matthew 5 talks about you don't light a candle and put it in a, a hidden away cupboard. I don't know what translation talks about it like that. I'm sure there isn't one. <laughs> but you take the candle, you light it, and you put it up where it can be seen, where it can illuminate the room. That is us, guys. We need to go out into the world. We need to be the light in the world. Thank you, Anuk. Amen, Anuk. Amen. 2 Kings 5. Or 2 Kings chapter 6, this is a beautiful picture of, of this again. And I'm going to speak this over us this morning as well. 2 Kings 6, 15 to 17. Elisha and his servant had this encounter where they're surrounded by a massive army. And it says, The servant of the man of God woke up early and went outside. They saw a great army. What did he see? A great army. Not a small army, but a great army. Along with many horses and chariots encircling Dotham. Oh, Master, he says to Elisha, what are we going to do now? Have no fear. We have more on our side than they do. And Elisha prayed, God, I ask you to allow my servant to see heavenly realities. The eternal awake, the God awakened Elisha's servant's eyes so that he could see. This is what he saw. The mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha and him. We need to awaken to the heaven realities, guys. Because yes, there is chaos in the world. Yes, there's things happening in this world. But we need to awaken to heaven realities. What is heaven realities? It's the Spirit of God Almighty living inside of you. It's this promise of the Holy Spirit. And that Spirit is not just for you, like I said, to sit on your back end on a Sunday morning at a prayer meeting. It's like, man, nice doesn't change the world. The world doesn't need nice. There's a lot of nice humanitarian organizations doing nice things. Thank you for them. Like, thank you for all of those things because if someone dies of starvation before you're able to preach the gospel to them, like, it's quite a predicament, right? This past week, we also went to go and donate some blood. Why? Because if someone is getting a blood transfusion, right? That's what you call it? <laughs> if they're getting a blood transfusion and they get to stay alive a little bit longer to hear someone minister the gospel to them, that's a win, right? So we, we don't just want to do nice, we want to do nice with a purpose to reach them with the gospel of Christ because that is what brings trans transformation and that is what's on God's heart for all men to come to the knowledge of the truth, to receive Christ. We have an unshakable hope. And I'm just going to close with this passage from Romans chapter 8. And we all know this passage of scripture, but it's such an amazing promise for us to all be here. To plant in our heart. Verse 35 to 39. 
from the Passion and says, Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish His love towards us. Troubles, pressures, problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, depreciations, dangers and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love even though it's written. Or that we are uh, faced with death threats. For your sake, God, we are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of all of these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that His love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken His love. There is no power above or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that could distance us from God's passionate love which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Now this love that we're reading about here is not just kind of a, a love that you have for a cup of coffee, love that you have for your dog, love that you have for nice weather out there. Man, Paul writing here, he's writing from experience. Some of the things, go and read about some of the things that the, the Apostle Paul went through. He wasn't writing from a kind of intellectual, oh well, I believe... The love of Christ, nothing can separate me from it. No trials, no tribulations, no persecutions. He's writing from experience. Also being stoned, going without food, being imprisoned numerous times, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that the love of Christ Jesus Almighty, that He's encountered, nothing can change God's love for Him. And that love for Him is so much so that it's not just like a, at least I'm going to heaven. No, He was... He was so passionate that he asked while he's in prison. We looked at that, Colossians uh, chapter 3, I believe it was, where he prayed for more opportunity to preach the gospel while being in prison for what he preached, the gospel. Why is it? Because he encountered the love of God, the grace of God, to the degree that he couldn't keep it to himself, to the degree that he wasn't just about having his own needs met. Man, it's nice to have your needs met, right? It's nice to have a warm bed. I really appreciate my warm bed. I'm thankful for that. But there's more to life than having a warm bed. The problem is that people go into all types of depression and depressing thoughts and ideas and because they're living for themselves. If you start living beyond yourself, if you start awakening that there's a world out there that hasn't encountered the love of Christ, if you start awakening to you being a partaker, invited into the family business to also share the love of Christ in your own personal way because your personality is unique and God's created you. But your personality, the things that God wants to do to you, your personality will never limit the flow of the Spirit of God through you. If it does, then God wants to change it. Now, maybe you don't like hearing that because you're quite comfortable with your personality and not doing anything, not being a partaker. You have been chosen. You've been sent forth. Not to be a light hidden in a cupboard, but to be a light on a stand. To be salt. If I put salt in my food, guess what? I know there's salt. If there isn't salt, I know there isn't salt. 
If you go into a room, into a meeting, people should know you are there. And that's not to say that you have to be this charismatic person who just speaks the whole time and make yourself known by the Spirit of God and by His leading and you per- being purposeful about hearing from Him. You can speak one word to someone and they will never forget that one word and they'll tell everyone about that one her- word that Clinton spoke to them, that Henku spoke over them. That one moment that you took the, moment, the time to pray for that individual when they were sick. It doesn't take 500 degrees and 300,000 hours of Bible study to change someone's life, to touch them with the love of Christ. It just takes an awareness to what is inside of you. The almighty, powerful God, His Spirit, wanting to be unleashed through your life. It's not because of you. It's because of Jesus. And praise God, He chose us. He could have chosen the angels. He could have done it Himself. But He chose it this way. And maybe you're seeing it as a burden. And I want to pray for us that, that we stop seeing the, the heart of God and the, 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 the mission to, to have His love be ministered and be shown throughout this world. To stop seeing it as a, as a burden, as something that I have to do. It's something that we get to do. We get to shine His light. We get to be salt in the earth. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.